This is Jim Stagnita, head coach of the PLL Whip Snakes, and you're listening to Solo Talk Talk. On Shriver. Snyder Whip scores! Now in play. Fidel scores! Ball Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hunton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. PLT is lucky enough to have head coach of the PLL Whip Snakes, Jim Stagnita, with us today. Stagnita has coached numerous teams at many different levels in his career, including both NCAA Division Three and One, the MLL, and now the PLL. His Whip Snakes will be in the championship of the inaugural season for the PLL this weekend in Philly. Coach Stag, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. Awesome. So we're going to start uh, a little bit back kind of uh, during your career. So you, you went to high school in Syracuse and ended up finding yourself uh, playing at Penn uh, for the Quakers and led them to a couple Ivy League titles and an NCAA championship appearance uh, in your junior and senior season. What was kind of your big uh, influencer and decision-making uh, process behind kind of going to Penn um, and getting into coaching? Well, you know, I don't know if any of us really plan on getting into coaching, but I had, you know, my, you know, my path to Penn was um, the only one in my family that, that, you know, went to a four-year college at that time. Uh, It was all, you know, it was all new to us. Um, We didn't, you know, we didn't know a lot about it. Certainly a lot different than it is today. Um, Kind of blue-collar area where I grew up. So a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends and teammates stayed close to home. Um, you know, I had some opportunities to do a couple different things. Uh, part of my decision was, you know, early on, I was going to have a chance to at least try to play football. I um, had some, you know, some opportunities at, 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 at the Division three level and mm-hmm. over Division one, and, and I thought that was something I wanted to try. Uh, I was, um, you know, not – honestly, if I told you the, the groups of schools I looked at, it, you know, it went from everything from Princeton, Penn, and Cornell to – you know, to schools like you know Albany, Cortland, Ithaca, mm-hmm. it was a it was a wide range. And again, not being as uh, not as being as attuned to this as as some other people were. You know, for me, Penn was you know, basically Penn was the best fit. It was mm-hmm. for a guy from East Syracuse. It was diverse. I was in a city which really appealed to me. Um, I had a guidance counselor at that point that was really influential and you know kind of helped me understand the you know, the quality of education and help me, you know, compare things in a way that, um, you know, I can make a decision that was, that was best for me. Um, and, you know, it just, it, it just worked out. And again, if I could do it all over again, I, I'd go right back there. I, you know, I love the place and, and it's done unbelievable things, you know, for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you, you touched on uh, being a pennant bit, but following your time at Penn, you were, you know, you played there and then you were an assistant there for a little bit. You went on to coach at Washington and Lee, uh, where you have more wins than any other coach in that program's history. Uh, then you headed to Rutgers, where you were a huge influence in engineering one of the biggest turnarounds in Division One lacrosse history. You led Rutgers to a 10-5 and record after going 2-12, and um, and you led them to back-to-back NCAA appearances in 2003 and 2004. One of my former coaches, the late uh, coach Mike Schombach, was also on that team with you, too, which, yep. uh, which um, I, th- I thought was a cool connection. Um, and, you know, following that, you've coached with the Denver Outlaws, Arcadia University, which we actually played you guys the one year. Um, you were at Penn as an assistant again, uh, the Charlotte Hounds, and now finally, you know, the Whip Snakes. So you're kind of a no-bad coach of, of sorts, and I don't mean that in a negative way because you've certainly had success in, 
you know, every level that you've been at. Um, but kind of what goes through your thought process when deciding on your next step in your coaching journey? Well, it's, it, it, believe it or not, it was, it was more thought out than, than it might seem. I mean, my first two runs were, were long runs for, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, for 12 years, I was at Rutgers for 10 or 11 years. Yeah. And, you know, had good runs at, at, at both. Certainly um, had some challenges and some things that I faced at, at Rutgers, which were, it was a great learning experience for me, but there was, you know, there was stuff that was, you know, that was out of my control. And, you know, I think it, it you know, I think you learn from every situation you're in. And, um, you know, it was uh, for the first time in my, you know, in my career, I was, you know, found myself kind of on the, um, on the backside of some of these wins and losses. And, and again, it, it helped me in, in a lot of ways in, in, in kind of how I approach coaching and how I, you know, continue to approach business now. So, um, and, and then from there, you know, to be, to be perfectly honest, um, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know, I had left Rutgers and I had been a coach for all my life, but I had also started some businesses, the MVP tournaments, which were, you know, which were very successful and, and, um, and, and built that out, built out another business called pregame lacrosse, which I passed on, uh, or was able to, uh, to, uh, integrate with, uh, with another company that, that took it over. And I uh, sold the MVP tournaments to NXT, who about five years ago did a great job with, you know, with kind of maintaining that. Um, so I have an entrepreneurial kind of business piece that's led to the kind of all the stuff that I'm doing now. But you know, I kind of went back and forth there for a while. I really enjoyed coaching Denver and, um, you know, again, learned a lot. And it was a great experience out there. It was Tony Seaman was my GM and mm-hmm. uh, who was my college coach at Penn. And, um, I, you know, again, that was a great experience. I think the travel you know, started to catch up and you know, kind of had an opportunity to, you know, to uh, fill a void that they needed filled at Arcadia for a year. And it got me a little bit closer to home. My kids were, you know, my kids were uh, in high school. My daughter was, you know, was starting college. So, you know, I hadn't been around, honestly, a whole lot for those prior years. You know, following that, I had a chance to go back to Penn. And to be perfectly honest with you, I loved being an assistant at that level. I was you know, the, the, taking the, the the head coach tag off you and just being able to really focus on the development and spending time with the players and making sure that their experience, you know, and, and, and was, um, you know, that they're having a good experience, that they are successful in every aspect of their lives, um, you know, I, and just focusing on, you know, kind of the lacrosse pieces of it, you know, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I did it for those couple of years, but again, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. because my kids, my son was in high school. I was driving up 95 every day and, mm-hmm. you know, from Princeton, New Jersey. And um, I did make a commitment to my, you know, to my family. When my son started college, he plays at Hopkins that I was going to, yep. you know, I was going to be there and I was going to leave college coaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I did that. And then I, you know, I, again, I really enjoyed that time and I really enjoyed that position. And I, and I, I started uh you know jumped into another business i own part of an indoor facility where we do high-end training in flemington so I, we use all former college coaches um i started the uh complete athlete 360 in the mvp development group where we you know we we work with you know everything from high school to um to college to professional teams and corporations in the areas of leadership development and culture and communication and I really enjoyed that. That's allowed me to put 30 years of experience, which I wasn't sure how to do, um, into, uh, you know, into a consulting and being able to share that, you know, kind of that experience. We don't run into anything at any level on any team that and I hadn't dealt with at some point during my career. So, 
you know, I really enjoyed uh, that piece of it. And then, you know, the, obviously the run with Charlotte was nice, but uh, when the PLL, you know, offered me this opportunity, it, you know, again, I'm entrepreneurial and I love the way I love startups and, you know, I, I, they felt like I could bring some value to them and a lot of respect for Paul and, and Mike and what they were doing. Um, so at this point, um, you know, it made a lot of sense for me to be able to, uh, to make the jump over. And I've been fortunate enough to, you know, to, to coach the whip snakes and, and also coach a bunch of guys that I'd had experience, you know, coaching in the, uh, at the professional level previously. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I actually run shot clock and game clock at Hopkins for, for the guys, squad squad. So if you're ever up for a game, we'll have to, I'll have to chat in person one time, but, um, definitely. Um, but, um, well, I'm, so I'm up, for, up for all the games. That's, oh, awesome. Okay. That's never, never an issue. I'm on the other side sitting alone in the corner. Though, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, but, uh, so this, it's kind of been an up and down season for the whip snakes i mean it's a fantastic opportunity in the championship and you know you started out four and um with three ot wins um the cardiac snakes kind of uh players were calling you and then you stumbled a little bit in the middle of the season and were able to kind of get the second seed in the playoffs and, and are on the upswing so how do you manage um players kind of through that up and down process and kind of the ebbs and flows of the season and um how were you able to kind of ro- refocus and kind of regroup after that um, kind of lull in the middle of the season. Yeah, you know every every team that that I've ever been in, um, that I've ever coached or I've ever been on, you know, mm-hmm. you always you're going to run into this at some point. And yeah. honestly, if you know how you manage it, how you you know how you come out on the other side of it, and you know how you you know if you can learn from you know from the mistakes you've made and have the opportunity to regroup, um, you know you tend to come out stronger, you tend to come out better, and. You know, like you said, you tend to learn from it. Um, you know, four and zero, and I just wrote something for the for the PLL coaches' corner. You know, four and zero was was great, and um, you know, it certainly gave us a jump on the competition. You know, but at that point, I don't know that any of us, you know, at least from a coaching staff, were were unbelievably comfortable knowing that yeah, we were four and zero, but we were also four goals away from being zero and four. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we understood just kind of how tenuous our, our position was, and obviously at that point we 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 certainly embraced and realized just how competitive this league was going to be, you know, week in and week out. We did not, and I've said this said it publicly, we we didn't handle the bye weeks very well. Um, you know, I think June into July, and at some point it got pretty choppy. You know, week mm-hmm. off, All Star game, couple weeks off, and you know we have a combination of young guys who are who are new to professional athletics and we had some older guys and some of those older guys have, you know, have real jobs outside yeah. of lacrosse. Not that lacrosse isn't a real job for some guys, but you know, they're, they have office jobs and travel and, you know, we were a little banged up and uh, you know, we just, um, you know, we struggled. I mean, we struggled in that, you know, I'm not sure that we prepared the way we needed to prepare. We got away a little bit from who we are and what makes us successful you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, the best players don't win, but the best teams do. And, you know, I truly believe we are a, a team. And, I mean, it's great to have, you know, it, it, it's helpful in some ways to have a lot of kids from one college program. But, you know, they're also pretty hard in, on each other. And, and uh, you know, and it, it said again in this article, it's like a family, you know, to yeah. step up and make sure that, um, you know, that they solve the problem. And sometimes when you step up to solve the problem, 
um, you know, it, it, it becomes, you know, more individual than team oriented. And, you know, we, you know, four and one, we were in good shape after the first half of the year. We didn't expect to go undefeated. And we started that second half off slowly. Um, I think we went one and two. And, you know, we talked, you know, at that, at that point, we were just starting to get healthy again. And, but we kind of, you know, we've got the captains and, um, and we just talked about, hey, you know, what got what got us here? What made us successful? And we talked about kind of embracing, uh, you know, embracing our roles and and doing what, you know, doing the little things again. And, and you know, honestly, it's just part of it was inconsistency. A couple of those games just didn't shoot well. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, some of it was within games. You know, we would we would have great runs and then we'd go on long droughts. And you know, talked about you know, kind of as, as we got down to where we had to win against the Redwoods to not just get a one-two seed, but even to get ourselves in the playoffs. Sure. Um, you know, things started to change then. We, you know, we, we got back to kind of what we were early in the year and, you know, even better. I think that, you know, we're playing our best lacrosse of the year right now, which is important. Um, and again, just, kind of, you know, got back to what got us there and it's kind of that team approach and everybody yeah. doing their job and, and being more consistent over 48 minutes because it only takes a few minutes in one of these games, sure. for, you know, for the whole momentum and tide to turn. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, you know, I, I read your article on the coach's corner and I really enjoyed it. And I, I liked too, how you said you kind of got back to the basics, you know, you put an emphasis on the fundamentals such as assisted goals, uh, riding and, you know, winning the ground ball battle. You know, how has your coaching philosophy kind of evolved over the years and starting with the, the Whip Snakes this year, or, or has it stayed the same most of the time? No, it, it's evolved. I've I've become, you know, I was I was a head coach when I was 25 years old, or you know, mm-hmm. the the youngest head coach in the country at a, at a place at a time when W now was, you know, was one of the you know was one of the premier programs in, mm-hmm. in all of lacrosse um, early on and. You know, I had a lot to learn, and you know, my my approach then was completely different from you know my overall approach now. I've always believed in kind of the fundamentals and in that you build things from the smallest piece up. But um, you know how I interact, and you know, I've always built relationships. That's always been important. Um, even when you know in college, I always had the players over. I always spent time in the in the weight room and in the training room, and tried to you know, do everything I could to make sure they're successful in everything they did. But, um, you know, my, my approach is, is gotten a lot, you know, a lot softer, a lot, um, you know, a lot more collaborative and, you know, over the years, I mean, when you do it as long as I have, you, you have to, you know, you have to adjust. And again, I've, I've learned a great deal and, you know, from working with the professional athletes is, you know, has really helped my, my coaching has helped in-game coaching, and it's helped from a communication standpoint. I mean, they're, they're men, they're adults, and, you know, they still, you know, I, I still have a expectation of them. And, and, and but at the same time, um, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for what they have to say and they have a lot of input in what we do. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of getting us through, you know, the, the ups and downs of this season was a collaborative effort and asking questions and being curious and finding out, you know, where we're, you know, where we're missing the mark and, and, you know, what we needed to do to, you know, to get back on, to get back on track. That's awesome. And kind of, as you look ahead to, to this big weekend in Philly, what do you think the biggest challenge uh, will be facing uh, a Redwoods team that's 
that's on a hot streak right now, and I know you don't want to give any of the secret sauce away going into this weekend, but anything stick out to you that you'd like to talk about? One of the things I said over and over again is, you know, I've coached in a, in a number of NCAA and played in NCAA games, yep. um, NCAA tournament games, and every game in the, in the, you know, in the PLL feels like a, you know, like you're in an NCAA tournament game. Yep. The intensity in the, you know, every second there's, you know, you're, you know, it's unbelievable. You turn your head and, you know, the intensity is, is amazing. Uh, so, you know, what, you know, what, what we've learned and what I've learned is, you know, the, the team that can stay the most consistent, you know, over 48 minutes is, mm-hmm. you know, tends to be the one that's going to, you know, I mean, that's going to come away with a win. We've, you know, one thing we've done a good job of is we've, I think we lead the league in the least number of turnovers. You know, that's important, you know, coming away with what we call, you know, no empty possessions, you know, come away with something as, as often as we can. Um, you know, so, you know, I think that the big key here is going to be, you know, how quickly can we settle in and, and, and handle the, you know, the, the intensity and the spotlight and the excitement of, you know, of being in a championship game. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of hype around this, all of this, the league and this championship. And I was there the other night in Red Bull and, you know, sitting in the stands, you know, and not being on the sideline, I was just amazed at the, you know, the excitement and mm-hmm. intensity of, of everything going on around me. So our ability to manage that early on is going to be important. Yeah, it should be a great venue, you know, in Philly. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit less about the pro game now. And kind of our final question before we get into our five and five is, you know, at a macro level, the sport is growing at a rapid rate. And you talk about the excitement for the game, you know, at these PLL games. Um, it's really growing at the youth level. Uh, how do you see the sport continuing to grow, and what's one hurdle you think the sport needs to overcome to continue this rapid growth? Well, I, a couple things. I ran some of the first camps early on in California and Texas, so I, I saw you know what was happening, and I saw mm-hmm. where you know where it was going early on, um, and, and I think, and that was you know literally 20 years ago when I started running those those camps. <laughs> um, you know, the, the the quality has changed because in these emerging areas, you know, it's no longer, um, you know, it, it, it's no longer like a fringe sport, right? It's not, it, the, now the best athletes in, in, are starting to play, you know, all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what, you know, I, I see, I see the PLL and I thought this from the beginning, I had these conversations with, you know, with Paul and the leadership is I, I felt like the, the PLL, would educate people as to what this game really can look like and and how you know when it's played at at its highest level with its best players you know the because i don't think anyone you know i don't think a lot of people have had the opportunity in these emerging areas including parents and coaches you know to really see what this game is like you know at when when the best players are are out there and you know between the um, between the social media presence of the P, of the PLL and, I, and and the TV exposure, you know, I think people are starting to see it, and it's starting to you know to really interest people in a way that it, it hadn't before. Because you know, it, it, regardless of what we think about our sport, you know, there's a lot of people that still have never heard of it or never seen it, and I still run sure. into those people all the time. Mm-hmm, but absolutely, become a you know, this become a forum and a marina for people to really see you know, how, how skilled these guys are and how athletic they are and how exciting this game is. And, you know, when I'm at these games now and I see all these young kids there, 
you know, I, it, it's that to me, that is, you know, that's been the impact that it's had. And I think it, that's the direction it's going in, right? The people who, yeah. you know, it, it becomes a responsibility of, you know, of, of those who have played it at a high level and those who have coached it to, you know, now we have a, a vehicle to share it. And, and I think it's making a difference. It's got to, you know, we got to stay the course, but um, I, I think this is, you know, I think this is invigorated the, you know, the whole kind of lacrosse foundation to, in, in, is, is, is gain interest from a lot of different, a lot of different areas where, where I don't think there was interest in the past, including from other professionals and, you know, you guys see the impact it's had. And I think this is what it needed. It gave it a real shot in the arm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I got to agree with that. And just, you know, like you mentioned, just the seeing these that these people are athletes, like there are athletes in this game and the, the broadcasts have been, you know, first class. And I think that's something I'm in the broadcast industry. So it's, it's something to, to say, like when you're watching it on TV, it feels like a professional league. So yeah, I have to agree with all those points. I was there this weekend as well, coach. And, uh, it was such an electric atmosphere for 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 us in the stands, and I can only imagine what it would be like um, being coaching on those sidelines. So um, I completely agree. It was awesome. It really was. It Absolutely. Was awesome. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Adam, do you want to start off with the 5 and 5 segment? So this we'll start off with our lacrosse-related questions. Really, you know, just some quick answers here. Um, hopefully you don't have to think too much. Uh, we try not to trip you guys up too much with these. And then um, the second half will be the life-related ones that don't have to do with lacrosse. So trying to get to know you guys better, you know, outside of the game of lacrosse as well. So why don't you take it away, Adam? Sure. Uh, first one's an easy one. Any pregame superstitions that you have or routines before uh, games? You know, I try not to because um, my wife's a former coach and player, and she is unbelievably – superstitious okay. but you know there's things i can't help but think about and you know I, i'm i'm not as uh i'm not as cut and dry with that but there'll be you know i'll think about when i get my hair cut i think about what i wear sure. i might look back at a game and see what i was wearing on a good day um i i know it has nothing to do with anything but um i'm not quite as superstitious as some people but i have you know there's little things that i do sure Hopefully you'll you'll create a favorite memory this weekend. But to this point, what's been your favorite lacrosse memory over your career? You know, I've had a couple. Um, you know, that, that really stick out. Um, I, that team at, at at Rutgers that season that we went. You know, my first year there, kind of got in late, and it was, you know, it was there was some turmoil. And, and with that same group of guys, you know, the next year we, you know, we won the uh, won the ECAC, and we were ranked in the top eight and. You know, we, we were in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, for a couple of years in a row with that team group. Um, you know, to me, that was, I mean, being able to do that with those guys and, and you know, same guys, it was, you know, it was terrific. Um, you know, at WNL, there were some, you know, my, my last year at WNL, we, mm-hmm. uh, 
were, I think, 12 or 13 and one. Uh, we lost one the year before with that same team. We lost to uh, Salisbury in the semifinals by a goal late. So this team was 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 loaded, and the goal was to win a national championship. And you know we really thought we could have. I mean we ran through the season. We lost the game on a Wednesday, and it happened Sydney driving over the hill, and we just didn't mm-hmm. play well that day. But that year we beat Limestone, who was the Division Two champ. We beat Gettysburg, yep. who was in the Division Three final. We ran. I mean nobody was close to us all year, and we couldn't go to the NCAA tournament um, because of there were no at-large bids that year. But mm-hmm. Somehow, you know, we had three games left. We finished that season. And, you know, those guys, I, I think it probably had a bigger impact on them than winning a championship because they learned so much from it because it was hard for them to finish this out knowing that, you know, it, it helped me to define success a little differently. I mean, we ended sure. up number two in the country and not in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, guys still talk about, you know, how it, it was a challenge to get us to finish the season. We still had VMI, Limestone, and um, in another league game. So I, I think those two experiences as a coach and, um, you know, playing in the final four it, yeah. it, as a coach at Penn, when Gary Gate jumped over to cage, it was another one of those, uh, you know, 11, 10 games that we were on the, you know, on the other side of, I guess a lot of my best memories are one goal losses, but, <laughs> um, you know, those, those types of things, just because and it's sure. as much about the people that I was able to do that with. And, Absolutely. And, you know more so than even what the event itself was sure yeah that's that's great and i know uh coach schombach would always talk to us about the the game when you guys went into the dome and beat syracuse and how proud he was about that moment and also he kind of used that as some motivation for us too he's like you can never doubt yourself you know you're never out of a game until you get into it and so that was always i think some of our motivation we'd he'd talk about cuse in the dome and that would always be kind of what he'd try to get us to light a fire when we'd have some, some big games. So I think that was definitely on his uh, biggest memories as well that season. Well, that was part of that team. It's nothing, mm-hmm. it's nothing better than going back to the place you grew up in front of the people you grew up with against the school that you've always rooted for, uh, you know, and, and being able to come away with, you know, with a win. So that, that certainly, and, you know, like I said, it's the guys that I did it with, like Mike Schombach. I mean, you know, God bless him. I love the kid and mm-hmm. so proud of him, but that was uh you know, he was part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And kind of going off of that, kind of you had a, a pretty unique season this year, kind of the first in PLL history, obviously. And you're, you have a cast of characters, it seems like, on the Whip Snake. Uh, just we're always curious, which player on your squad do you find the funniest? Well, they have different sense of humor. <laughs> obviously, the, first, you know, the, the most obvious one is, you know, you'd say Rambo, right? Sure. And I'm not sure he's even trying to be funny most of the time. <laughs> I, I love Matt, and I've known him, you know, been able to coach him for a few years here. And, you know, he's just got a great way about him. But there's some guys like, you know, Jake Bernhardt. I, I mean, I don't know if you saw the video the other day of just the way he looked at that kid in the stands. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I can't stop laughing at that. You know? <laughs> he's – because, I mean, he is, you know, he's hilarious. Uh, you know, Kyle Bernler has a great sense of humor – dry and sarcastic which is along the lines of you know the way i am so mm-hmm. they all have you know there there's some personalities there um they're all different but they're really it's a good you know it's i'd say cast of characters it's a great group of guys yep. that's awesome um and kind of staying along the pll line what's been the biggest surprise uh in regards to what you were expecting from the pll this year any any big surprises you know i i just I think the intensity of every minute of every game 
You know, I just I thought it would be, you know, and I've, again, I've coached at this level. So, yeah, in the speed, Absolutely. those two things, like, the, I didn't think it could get any faster, and it has. Um, and just the intensity, like, I, I, you're on, you know, you feel like you're in overtime every minute of every game. It, yeah. It really, uh, it, it, in some ways, it's great, but it, it wasn't exactly, you know, the way I expected it to be. I just okay. had an atmosphere that's been that you know, electric and, and stressful at the same time. <laughs> sure. No, that makes complete sense. And then last lacrosse-related question, uh, who's someone uh, in the lacrosse community uh, that you admire or looked up to, um, whether that's a previous coach or a previous teammate, opponent, or, or one of your players? Oh, God. After all these years, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many people. I mean, certainly Tony Seaman had a great impact. You know, in in my life, he he hired me to be his assistant, give me his first my first college job, and you know then brought me on in Denver. Um, you know, my first professional job. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Billy Tierney. He's always been someone that I've I've called on when you know when I need direction, and 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 you know he's been a, he's been a good friend. Um, you know, the Kevin Corrigans of the world. I mean, again, there's there's so many, and, and the players. It's not even you know, fair to start. I've been, I've been so fortunate to coach so many great ones, yeah. uh, you know, over my career, you know, but there's, and again, we've been in it as long as I have, there's, there's a lot of people that are going to have impacts. And it was important for me because I went, like I said, when I was 25 years old, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a big uh, line of mentors. You know, I had Tony, you know, I was able to, you know, to kind of build that at, at a, you know, while I was coaching. And a lot of those people have had, you know, like I say, great impacts on, you know, on my career and how I approach things. Sure. Yeah, it's awesome. We're going to dive into some life-related questions now. Uh, the first one I'll ask is, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not coaching? Well, that's the problem with being a coach. We always say, <laughs> it's terrible. Like, what, what are my hobbies? My, my, my hobbies, I love, to, I love to eat good food and I love to drink good wine, um, you know, which means that, I like to work out as much as I can, which allows me to uh, to do both of those things. I mean, again, I, I tend to, you know, I tend to spend most of my time outside of coaching on my businesses, and you know, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy that aspect of it and creating something and building something and helping people, um, you know, by using kind of my, you know, my personal experiences. And um, I love to play more golf. I live at the beach and I have, I'm looking at two fishing poles right now that I haven't taken out since I moved here a year ago. So there's some things I, I'd like to be able to do, but if golf didn't take four hours, I'd probably play a little bit more of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, going off of that, my second question is actually going to be, uh, what's your favorite meal and do you prefer to dine out, take out, or cook at home? That's a good question. I like to dine in. My wife's a good cook, but I also like to go out and try really like, whenever I'm in town the running thing with Ryan Boyle and I is, you know, and I think some of the guys on the cross will tell you surprisingly for a guy from East Syracuse, I uh, like to find good restaurants and try different places out, you know, having not probably having not traveled much when I was a kid or did much, uh, mm-hmm. still enjoy everywhere, you know, kind of everywhere I go and trying to explore and, and, and find out as much as I can about places. Um, but, you know, it's probably 50, 50, my favorite meal, you know, it's it's kind of two different, you know, I love, I'm an upstate New Yorker, so I love chicken wings. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a contradiction because, you know, I also, you know, I also like going to nice restaurants. But, um, you know, I, I probably, you know, I would eat, 
I just as readily eat pizza and, and chicken wings as I would, um, you know, a nice Italian meal or, or seafood. So. Awesome. Well, you also, you mentioned like the travel aspect. Uh, what's been your favorite place to, to go? Maybe it's one that you haven't been before. Maybe it's one that you have. Uh, it's been a couple. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Philly. Obviously I've spent a lot of time there. Um, what I did on a couple of these, I mean, three of them went to Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I brought my family. You know, my son was just before he was going back to college. Um, you know, we had been, you know, we had been there a few times in the past for games and, you know, seeing Niagara Falls. It was nice to get everybody together there. Yeah. Um, took my daughter who works for, you know, Hollywood Life. She's a uh, kind of broadcast journalist, journalist in New York, and she gets to travel and do a lot of cool stuff. She had a chance to do some work in L.A., so I took her out there with me, and she did some stuff for the PLO when she was out there. You know, so it was nice to – she had done some internships out there and I'd run camps out there before. So it was nice to do that. And I tried to tie some stuff in. We played in San Jose. I spent two days in San Francisco, which is, you know, probably my favorite city. I used to run again camps up in Northern Mm -hmm. California. So spent a bunch of time there. So it was nice to get back to some of those, you know, some of those places. Um, But, you know, those were the ones that, you know, that I I actually kind of spent some extra time in to kind of get back out and around. It's been, Mm -hmm. it's been great in that regard. Awesome. Um, now, my fourth question is, who's a coach or even a, a leader in a different sector that you respect and try to emulate um, that's, you know, outside the sport of lacrosse, whether it's, you know, a CEO of a company or, like I said, a coach of another sport? Ah, that's a good question. Um, because, honestly, I, what, I, what I've always done is I kind of try to take, you know, try to take a little bit from, you know, from different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I <laughs> funny i look at um you know I, I i do a lot of reading but not necessarily kind of reading on you know on on leaders because of my business but i do read a lot about coaches i do read a lot about kind of uh, from being at w now a little bit of a civil war buff sure. um you know and and you know i, I kind of take a lot from and learn a lot from you know from that and how they manage people and how they you know, how in, in they handle themselves under pressure and, and how they, you know, how they handle, you know, the stress of, of leading people. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of people in coaching that, you know, certainly we can all, you know, we can all take, you know, take things from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try to look into, you know, in, into other um, other leadership kind of arenas and, uh, and and take what I can from different people. I wouldn't say there's one you know, there's there's one in particular, but there's a lot of people and a lot of things that I've learned, um, you know, just by taking pieces here and there. I also learn things that you know that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now sometimes I say you learn the most from others' mistakes and not their successes. People that I really you know admire because of the way they can go about things, you know, and the, mm-hmm. and the ease and the way they do stuff. Like Lars Tiffany was my assistant. At, Dubby now is one of his first jobs, you know, and I, 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 you know, I look at how he does things and it's so, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's different, but it's, it's effective sure. and guys like Pete Carroll and, um, you know, who, who are kind of, you know, they, they, they take a different approach to, to things and, um, you know, and, and they're, they're very successful in, in that approach. And if I can take a little bit of, of some of what they do and how they do it, um, and take some of the edges off of what I do, I, I think that, you know, that makes me better. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you mentioned that you do some reading. 
Um, my final question is, what's a book on your bookshelf that you've read or are reading right now that you'd recommend to a player or a friend? There are a number of them, and I'm looking at them right now here as I, <laughs> as I look. Um, you know, a lot of it I, I, I read, you know, mostly in order to kind of help me think a little bit differently. I mean, you're going to, this is going to sound crazy, but, um, you know, I start to, to read some of this stuff from, from someone like Marcus Aurelius, you know, it's, it's all meditation is my favorite book. Med- meditation. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Yep. And, you know, it's a challenge to read and get through, yep. right? And being able to put into context. Yep. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, some of the, you know, some of, some of those great thinkers, um, they, you know, they, they have ideas and, and, and thoughts. And, you know, if you can put it into context, I, I find that it's, you know, it, it's, it's been, it's been very helpful in, in some of the mm-hmm. stuff that I do. Um, you know, and I like that well, there's a couple of Mitch Album books that, you know, kind of still have them, like uh, um, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Great book. It makes you, you know, stuff that makes you think or Weekends with Maury. But again, I, you know, I just soon pick up a book on, you know, on the Civil War, too. So it's a lot of different ways. It's just a matter of making time to be able to do that. Yep, absolutely. So I'm shocked that you knew meditation. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm... I'm big into stoicism and, and some of some of those uh, other uh, stoic philosophers and and leaders in that. I've, that that time period really intrigued me. So, I'm you could I was surprised you didn't call bullshit on that. <laughs> Tell me where'd you where'd you come up with that one? But it's sitting, sitting right here on my desk. That's awesome. You know, we've actually been fortunate enough. A lot of our guests have uh, been interested in like similar books. Like we had Tom Schreiber on who's a big fan of Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week. And me and Adam are both, uh, you know, big fans of that book too, having, you know, full-time jobs, but also working on stuff like this. So uh, we've gotten a lot of great answers from this book question, but uh, Adam, I know you got one more final question for coach. uh, If you want to ask him that. We usually ask uh, players, um, what would they tell um, younger players that are looking to get uh, to the pros? But I, I'd like to switch it up a little bit and say, what are you thoughts on younger coaches looking to get to the pros or kind of move up uh, in the college ranks for coaching? Uh, take your time. You know, I, I think that everybody's in a hurry. Um, I was in a hurry, you know, and I, I, I think that it's important that you, you know, that you learn from different people and you're, it's changed so much from when I first started doing it at the college level, you know, social media expectations, parents, um, athletic directors, you know, the, the whole, the whole landscape has changed. So I think the two things I would, I, I always say is, you know, take your time, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Um, you know, it's not always easier. It's not always better. And, you know, sit back and, and enjoy a little bit of the, you know, I think a lot of us kind of move, you know, when you're a high achiever, you want to get to a certain level, you know, you, you, you go from one milestone to the next, to the next, and you just keep looking for that next milestone or peak, and you never kind of sit back and, and really appreciate and, and celebrate what you've accomplished. So, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've accomplished a lot of things, things that are way beyond what my you know, but the reason I got into it, the reason I got into it in the first place, I love being around the guys. I, I love being in the locker room. I love games. I like developing, you know, it was never about wins and losses or accolades, but, you know, at some point, you know, you can lose sight of that. And I think that's, you know, it's important to be able to hit that reset, but I'd enjoy, you know, enjoy the victories, you know, enjoy the accomplishments and uh, don't be in such a hurry to, 
to get there. Your time will come mm -hmm. and make sure that when you're there, you're, you're ready for everything that's going to come your way. Yeah, that's some great advice, Coach. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. And, you know, best of luck to the Whipsnakes this weekend in the championship. You know, we'll, we will be watching. I just want to ask, is there any place that you want to tell people to direct them to find you online or on social media? Yeah, I'm all over uh, all of that. I'm on LinkedIn, um, you know, for business my, under my name, the MVP Development Group. I've become more active on Twitter because the in, in actually uh, – my daughter is is uh, is an influencer, so she's helped me. You know, okay. Any 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 uptick you see in anything I'm doing or anything that it looks like it's it's kind of above me, it is, and it's because. Of her. <laughs> um, so you know, I try to. It's become a uh, you know, it's become a necessary. I hate to say a necessary evil, but you know, it is a part of kind of who we are. It's how you communicate now, and that's been one of those things that uh, I had to get better at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Coach. Again, best of luck to you and the Whip Snakes this weekend, um, and we appreciate you joining us. My pleasure, guys. Thank you.